0: Download the Anchor app or go to anchor.fm to get started. All right, everybody, this is uh, Nobody Likes Casey McLean, and I'm recording this. It's coming out late. I'm recording it late. Um, I have a voicemail on this podcast, and if you sent this voicemail, you know how recently you sent this voicemail. It came in at 9.04 uh, a.m. I'm recording this at 9.47 a.m. Maybe I should bleep that out. (laughs) Really, really gives up a lot of information. Uh, I probably wouldn't have even recorded, but I did want to give one more promotion to, uh, tomorrow, Gabriel Rutledge and I are at North Bend Theater in North Bend, Washington. I've long said that Gabe is the, uh, the best comic in the Northwest and I will be there also. Uh, ticket sales are fine. It's not going to be a financial disaster, but I would love it if you came out. Um, yeah. So please come on out to that and it'll be fun. North Bend's a beautiful city. <clears throat> if you're not from North Bend, there's a lot of fun shit to do out there. There's whatever like uh, I think Snoqualmie Falls is a thing people do out there. I've never done it. It falls into that category of things that like God I I ran into these uh women in Fort Wayne, Indiana. And uh they were at the show. I th- I think I would to talk about this on the podcast, but they were at the show and then I was at a bar like miles away from there. It was the, it's the only late night spot in Fort Wayne, Indiana. And they were like, we were at the show. And then I talked to them for a little bit and they had been to Washington or the one, they were two sisters. Um, and they had been to Washington state. One of them had been to Washington state and, uh, she had been to Snoqualmie falls. So I think it's like one of those things like in Tacoma, I live in Tacoma, Washington. Every time a comic comes here, they go to this thing called the glass museum, um, I've never been to the glass museum. I've never had a reason to a want to go to the glass museum. I think it's made for comedians who are bored in a, in a tertiary market or a secondary market to go, uh, yeah, to go, uh, have a little, f- or have a little downtime in this fucking glass museum. I think Chihuly is a guy that makes a lot of stuff in there. Is that, is he like a famous bong maker? I don't really understand his, like, why we know him as like the one glass guy, to be honest with you. Um, so starting on Tuesday, I will be doing, oh, by the way, other shows this weekend. Uh, if you're listening to this today, I am at Olympia happy hour in Olympia, Washington. There were, I don't, th- it's probably sold out now, but, uh, give him a call. Uh, there were four tickets left a couple days ago. So give them a call. Really small venue, apparently, but uh, it will be, it's gonna be fun. And I've been asked by the producer of the show to not do my ass eating bit. This is why I recorded it, by the way. I wasn't gonna do it anyway, but this is why I recorded it is because it is truly, I almost printed merch for this bit. That's how well it does. But, Like, it's the only thing that people have ever complained about. It's the only joke of mine that's ever gotten, like, a venue to complain. And I don't even think it's gross. It's just a topic that people, like, don't like, I guess. I'm against uh, eating ass. I'll put that out there right now. If you've never seen the joke, it'll be coming out in just, like, a matter of days. Hopefully next week. I have this this project I've been working on called Baby Weight EP that, um it's, I think that the final editing is done. I'm pretty sure, sure. I'm just going to stop fucking with it. And I'm going to release it as like both, uh, a stream streamable album and, um, and a, uh, YouTube situation. It's, it's, uh, I don't want to say special. I have, I'm self-conscious about saying special, but it's going to be video along with album audio and a little bit of uh production thrown in there. Some jokes in the credits at the end, by the way, uh, not only jokes, like I record, there's like a little bit of like a, some B sides. It's just my merch pitch that has a couple jokes in it. Uh, not only that, but also some in the credits themselves, there's a little bit of a joke. Uh, okay. So... These are the two sto- the two things I want to talk about this week are I had this kind of funny moment I've been uh, my wife and I have been trying to eat healthier so we've been eating a lot of uh chicken and salad like putting chicken on top of salad somehow this is appetizing more appetizing to me than just like straight chicken breast with um what do you call it with with like spring mix uh, or, or spring mix on its own. Like those two things separate. I don't like that much, but together I think they're like a good balance or whatever. Balsamic, homemade balsamic vinaigrette. Anyways, I got this new, uh, chicken seasoning somewhat recently. Um, normally I'm a like make your own mix kind of guy, but I've, I found this rotisserie chicken mix from McCormick and I had like incredible reviews. And I've only used it like once or twice. And I had this moment where I'm like, so did you know that there's this, this, uh, flavor that you taste? There's like salt, sweet, bitter, whatever. Savory or umami is another thing that you taste. And this is present in like mushrooms and MSG. That's why, uh, MSG is so popular is because it makes things taste much more savory But it's also like super present in like feces and, uh, and, uh, I mean like truffles are another thing that it's super present in. I think maybe even urine, uh, soy sauce, (laughs) like I'm giving you like occasional like good things and bad things, but this is why, like, it's a weird thing. It's a weird, that's why it's a weird flavor sensation because it's the umami compound, whatever that is that makes that flavor is super present in human feces. <laughs> and so sometimes things will like literally smell like shit. Like I think I've never actually eaten a truffle. That's I don't know if that makes me trash or not, but I've never eaten a truffle. But people will say things smell like shit but that they like to eat them anyway. And so I'm co- and I'm cooking with this rotisserie chicken seasoning. And I'm cooking, I'm like, wow, this is, like, very, very fragrant. Like, what is this smell? And then it gets more intense and more intense. And um, I'm like, this is, like, bizarre. This, like, really, this smells, like, truly like shit. Like, I'm not saying, like, it smells bad. It smells like feces. Like, what the fuck is going on here? And I hear my dog make, like, kind of a screeching noise and i go into the i like try to find her i go into the bathroom and i don't know what happened she's she's better now but for a couple of days this was going on she had un- <laughs> it's so fucking gross this is by the way on a day where i'm uh at home alone with my daughter my wife is out my wife's a teacher she's out like lesson planning or something like that and i'm uh i'm in the house alone and my dog had shit so we have like a like a like a little rug by our sink and my dog had put a pile of diarrhea on that and then also by the way sorry that you're listening to this podcast I'm sorry it's your fault you downloaded it on purpose but I'm sorry pile of diarrhea splattered diarrhea all over the bathroom a couple more little like uh like little segments <laughs> on the carpet <laughs> so um I was like, I texted or I think I called my wife. That's a thing you do when you're married, by the way, is like, it's not like I can, she can do anything to help. This happened when I was in, uh, I was in, uh, I think, Boise, Idaho with Gabriel Rutledge. My daughter was sick, and my wife would call me to tell me every time she threw up, <laughs> which is like, I can't do anything to help, obviously. I'm hundreds of miles away, but it's like, you just don't want the other parent to not feel the, like pain and anxiety. So I call my wife and I'm like, Laney just shit in the, in the, uh, in the bathroom. <laughs> and then all, you know, diarrhea splattered everywhere. There's some on the carpet. And then this rug, she just like destroyed it. And I'm like, I kind of just want to throw away the rug. I have no emotional attachment to this rug. I think we might've gotten it as a, like my mother-in-law gives us extremely practical, like Christmas presents like that, like we got, she gives us, we get a lot of stuff from my mother-in-law and my in-laws, but one, we always get, in addition to like fun stuff, we will get like hand soap and toothpaste and toothbrushes and, and, um, towels. And I think one year we got these like kind of area rugs for the bathroom. So my dog shit up this rug and I threw it away. That's right, folks. I have, uh don't clean up a pile of dog shit on a small rug, money, throw it away. Just throw it away. Like money grows on trees. And then, uh, the last thing I want to talk about is there's this kind of media battle, which is people who are in Seattle who have like a, an apparent bias for the Seahawks keeping Russell Wilson. And then like Ian Rappaport reporting that Russell Wilson wants to explore his options. And this there's this, like, narrative in Seattle that, like, well, Russell Wilson's under contract. What does he mean? Explore his options. As though he doesn't have any leverage in the situation, as though being a star NFL quarterback is the same as just being, like, under contract as a consultant at an insurance company or something like that, or, like, a non-compete in radio or newspaper. Like, it's not the same. He does have options, and also the, the Seahawks might be stupid to not also explore those options with him. I mean, I think you look at, like, the Green Bay situation and a confluence of things had to happen to really improve that relationship, one of them being Aaron Rodgers became this, like, polarizing figure because of his vaccination status, the fact that he got COVID-19, and the Packers stood by him. When a lot of people I mean they dump a lot of people dumped him after the uh his sponsors and shit dumped him after the the controversy and I I just don't think it's unlikely that's going to happen for the Seahawks and Russell Wilson and so I think they would be smart to explore those options with Russell Wilson. And one of his approved teams suppose there's like I think there's a perfect destination fit for Russell Wilson. So what I think one reality is I think with his reduced play, his injury, his advancing age. I think that the template for a Russell Wilson trade is probably the uh, Matt Stafford trade that sent him to L.A. And I I might not have the details on it perfectly correct, but I believe it was two first-round picks and a third-round pick. And also a stopgap quarterback that's maybe got some upside, but a guy that's not, like, for sure going to be the guy in Detroit, Jared Goff, and I think there's a perfect opportunity for a trade like that, which is the New York Giants are on Russell Wilson's list. If he's trying to, if part of his criteria for a next destination is a place where Ciara can be like a little more, um, can be like a little more successful or have a little more access to industry for her career. New York's a great place for that. Obviously Uh the New York giants have two picks in the top 10 and they have Daniel Jones. Now I don't think Daniel Jones is some amazing, like I don't think he is. You he's by the way, he is a guy you probably can slot in to start next year and not be incredibly concerned about it. You can, you can, uh, like, Get a year out of him or two years out of him, relatively inexpensive, while you rebuild and not, not have the position be embarrassing and have potentially a guy who's like, got some residual value in trade when his contract is up. But I'm not here to tell you that that's like you trade Russell. By the way, like the the thing that people keep saying to me online when I bring stuff like this up is they go, "Well, I don't think the Seahawks are better with Daniel Jones and those picks than they are with Russell Wilson." And it's like of course they are not. Of course they are not. But they might have no Daniel Jones, not those picks and no Russell Wilson in 2 years. That's the point. And right now is probably the the I mean outside of like, you know, if you have to if you wait another year and see if Russell Wilson has a bounce back year and is healthy, is completely healthy. That's like the only other real option. So, I I think there's a trade out there that exists that makes sense for uh, for both sides. Now, let's go to voicemails. By the way, I haven't had a a lot of voicemails lately. 253-237-3217. I don't think anybody has sent a voicemail that I haven't played. In fact, one, I think someone might have made a mistake, and I still played it asking what it was. So don't feel like your idea is too stupid, or if you've already sent a voicemail that um, I won't play it because you're hogging it. I promise you, anything to avoid... Having to do more work myself, I will do. Okay, so here is this voicemail. I actually don't know who this is from. You're welcome to say your name on these, and I'm happy to respond, but uh, you don't have to either. That's fine. I don't care. Um, All right, let's... This is very stupid. Here we go. Okay. Uh, I just wanted to see if somebody could unclog my toilet. Uh, I did notice that nobody really wears tuxedos anymore. I don't think that's my problem though. So um I could probably unclog your toilet if you give me your home address. I'm very good at unclogging toilets. I have I live in a hundred and ten year old house or something like that that frequently has the toilet clog. So I'm pretty good at it. I did have an argument with my friend Taylor Bonzer about the uh about whether or not um people actually use those like cartoon red head wood handle plungers. And I'll tell you this, I have a fancier plunger. I have one of these like these plungers that are shaped uh, differently or firmer or whatever. I'll take that. I'll take that uh, old school red plunger any day. I've also used it. uh, I've used it like to unclog a sink. Those, there's a lot of utility in those plungers and they're incredibly inexpensive. They're like 11 or like three bucks or something like that. Probably I said 11. Cause I just, for some reason I always say 11 when I am coming up with a random number. And now people not wearing tuxedos is interesting because, uh, I don't know, I guess like the whole, you know why this is why. And I tweeted about this. It's because rich people are tech people now and tech people don't want to dress nice. I don't want to fucking dress nice. Uh, nobody wants to dress nice. I don't know why anyone ever decided that dressing nice was good. Um, yeah, I fucking wear basketball shorts almost every day. And that's what I would like to wear to my sister's wedding, which is coming up. Yeah, I think that might be the only place for tuxedos now is weddings. And a lot of times it's suits, but they're still like, uh, even suits, like not people aren't wearing suits a lot. In fact, it's very strange to me. It's now like strange when you see a stand-up comedian wearing a suit. All right, um, come see Gabe and I at North Bend Theater. Come see me. I'll be at the Rendezvous in Seattle, February nineteenth. And I have a bunch of stand-up dates coming that aren't necessarily ready to like announce on here yet. But you can check my calendar at the KC McLean. Follow me everywhere at the KC McLean. Uh, Casey McLean slash YouTube, or sorry, Casey mcfuck fuck, youtube.com slash Casey McLean. And, uh, uh, do we have anything else? Oh, 253-237-3217 for the voicemail. Thank you for listening to the podcast and I will talk to you soon.